Thread, God's truth tying together all the pieces of your life. Thread is the broadcast of Dr. Chuck Quinley. Thread. Hey, welcome back to the Thread Podcast, episode 101. Glad to be back with you here today. Today we're going to be in the book of Acts one more time, and we're going to be in Acts chapter 14, and you can go ahead and get your Bibles there, and we'll jump right into it. Acts chapter 14 uh, takes us back to the missionary journey of the Apostle Paul and Barnabas, and they were change agents, and they were expanding and extending the gospel message to go to places it had never gone before, and this is really exciting reading, and it's it's also good reading for people looking for systems and models, and you know, I'm a systems person. I really believe that you get the life that your life patterns uh, build for you, and so when you want to do something for the Lord, you need to... Uh, you need to think about the system that you're going to follow for doing it. And these are systems that should, you know, we should get these out of uh, much prayer and deliberation and seeking for wise counsel and some common sense. And, you know, and it's got to be a doable system. It, it shouldn't be so uh, perfect that you have to wait forever to get everything all perfected before you can do it. Because, you know, there's a certain, uh, they talk about in war, the chaos of war. And the same is true for outreach. And this section of the book of Acts is really about outreach. The focus of the Holy Spirit and the focus of of the people who are listening to the Holy Spirit becomes taking this gospel message outside its Jewish roots into the known Gentile world so that more people can know and enter into this great life that we've discovered in Christ. So let's look at... Paul's uh, systems and Barnabas systems and see the patterns that we can follow as leaders who also want to be part of God extending his grace to the world. Okay, it says in chapter 14, verse 1, Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and of the Greeks, believed. Uh, we need to go ahead and stop right there. That one verse has got so much in it. First of all, Paul has found his recipe. And Paul's recipe is to start with pre-evangelized people in a synagogue. Because if they go to synagogue every week, it means they are earnest seekers of God, that they respect the Old Testament scriptures and that they've spent much time studying and looking into them because, you know, it's not like the Bible just starts with the New Testament. God has been speaking for thousands of years, and everything that they brought about Jesus was grounded and founded and verified in the Old Testament. And so here were people that already had a lot of spiritual foundation in their life. They were pre-evangelized, waiting for the good news and ready to hear it. And so Paul uh, learned that he could always go to the synagogue because he was the Rabbi Paul and he had um, you know, his PhD and he's from Gamaliel's school and he's, you know, he, he's got the credibility that a synagogue would allow him to speak. And they were apparently pretty open to 
uh, a visitor sharing. And you know, I've been in I've been in some forms of Christianity where because I visited uh, immediately, someone walks up to me and says, "Would you like to preach?" And I can't imagine running my church like that as a pastor. But it is like that in a lot of cultures. They believe that, you know, who knows? Maybe God brought you here because you have a special word for us. And we don't want to miss that. You know, we've got our local leaders and their faithful teachers, and they'll be with us week after week. But you're unusual, and you may never come by here again. So if you have something, we want to hear it. And that seemed to be the spirit in the ancient synagogue system across the Middle East. And so when Paul would go, he would be invited to the platform, he would start speaking, and he would speak to the Jews who were there, but also knowing that there was this this wall that had uh, holes in it, and Gentiles who had not yet become the circumcised Jews could stand outside that barrier and listen and follow along because a lot had not yet decided that they wanted to leave their whole Gentile world and their family and uh, their whole culture and become Jewish, not just in uh, religion, but in culture. You know, there was so much that you had to give up of yourself in order to become a proselyte to Judaism. And there were a lot of people that they weren't, they didn't know if they were there, but they were definitely seeking the God of the Jews. And they wanted to hear the spiritual truth that was found in the Old Testament scripture. So they were hungry and searching. So, uh, you know, Paul would speak to the Jews. He would also focus on those Gentile people and he would watch the lights go on in their eyes as he spoke and their excitement. And Paul used his communication gifts. If you're going to share the gospel in any form, you have to be a communicator. Now, you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a TV person. You don't have to be an author. But you have to, you have to be willing and able to open your mouth and speak And Paul was always willing with boldness to open his mouth and speak. He had amazing communication gifts. He was an excellent writer and a good thinker and a a powerful person to uh, have show up in your town. And so Paul used those gifts with boldness and great faith. So whatever your gifts are in communication, use them, add to them the flame of faith. And be bold in what you do. Believe in what you do and go for it. God will anoint you. And that boldness, don't worry about offending people. You know, you show boldness and you show earnestness and faith and confidence in what you're saying. And it will win them over. And so Paul did that and it did work. It worked everywhere he went. And so it says a great multitude. He so spoke, you know, it's from his, it was from his presentation. He so spoke that a great multitude of Jews and Greeks believed. Now, we can never believe that when the kingdom moves out, moves forward, that that's going to be the end of the story. You know, the devil always fights back. And in this case, immediately the the resistance starts. It says, the unbelieving Jews, however, uh, stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. That's such a... A work of the devil, isn't it? To poison someone's mind. You know, all people largely fall into two camps. They're either believing and they're seeking and they're open people. Uh, whether they believe the right things, they, they are believing people. They are earnest to believe. They want to be told the right things and, and hold those right things. 
And so they are believing or they are unbelieving, anti-belief. And that's what this group was. And this group is always negative and is always afraid of believing and of what believing might do to you. And it says they poisoned their minds. They put insinuations before them so that they would not believe good things about Paul and Barnabas and this message. And they planted, you know, it's terrible. These seeds, once planted, even if you know they're not true, they stay in your head. And be really careful, you know, don't ever be part of that. You know, don't ever be part of that because there's a supernatural thing working. Anytime God is moving among people, the Holy Spirit is moving, uh, their own conscience is moving, their own soul is being awakened, and they're thinking about right things. And then, you know, at the same time, uh, we've also got the evil work of the devil that's coming along, and that work is trying to pull them back and discredit the good things God is doing. So don't ever, you know, be part of of poisoning the mind of another person. You know, it's just such a devilish thing to do. Verse 3 says, Therefore, okay, uh, the people's minds are being poisoned. You know, a lot are believing. And then there's pushback and there's this struggle against believing. And so what are we going to do? And then it says, well, therefore they stayed. And they stayed a long time. You know, that's great about Paul. It doesn't say, therefore, he ran away because it was there was a little bit of hostility or he ran away because some didn't agree or he ran away because these people kept trying to fight with him or he ran away because they were poisoning the minds of the people and he wanted to save his reputation. It said, no, just this whole thing of seeing the devil uh, fighting it so hard let Paul know that he was in a really important situation and he didn't dare walk away from this. So he says, no way, I'm staying. And he stayed put. He stayed there. It's a fertile place. They're not going anywhere. And they're not going to run off just because of a spiritual war. Because evangelism is a wartime activity. Look at what this verse says. It says they stayed a long time. It said their primary ministry was speaking and, you know, ink means it just keeps on going on. They just keep every day they were in their groove and their groove was to stand up and go to public discourse, find places to speak on behalf of Jesus. And they had their foot in the door. This field was open to them. And as often as possible, in as many places as possible, Paul was speaking you know, there was a season in my life when uh, Sherry and I hit Manila during the great Philippine revival and harvest of the 90s. Uh, we were there, and I ended up speaking 13 times a week. And that went, in for, it went on for a long time. But it was the primary strategy that was working. And so Paul was speaking, and he was speaking boldly. And Christ was bearing witness through signs and wonders. You know, these churning, dynamic, social situations like this. This, this time when, you know, the, the, this mix, this churning mix is going on. And it's sparking with life. And there's antagonism and there's tension. But this is beautiful, you know. This creates an environment that's just pregnant with change. People are thinking they're reasoning, they're arguing, they're seeking God, they're talking about it over the dinner table. And, you know, in, in situations like this, 
their decisions are real. And it's important. Christians shouldn't run away from conflicts. We shouldn't start stupid ones. But just because there's pushback, man, that does not mean it's time to stop. It's time to stay. And so Paul stays and he digs in and he goes to work and he does good work. And a lot of people get harvested and grounded in the faith. And then the, you know, the, the pot keeps boiling and it gets to a stage, though, in verse 5 that it says, and when a violent attempt, well, let's go to verse 4. The multitude of the city was divided. Part of it sided with the Jews and part of it with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by the Gentiles and the Jews with the rulers, so now they brought the politicians into it, to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it. And they fled to Lystra and Derby. You know, there is a line where you now change strategies. You know, the first stage was just normal human resistance to a new idea. And Paul is pushing and they are pushing back. And he's just, he's very comfortable in that setting because he knows good work is being done right here, right now. It's, it's normal. Their family should be stirred up because the gospel is revolutionary. And the, the religious leaders should be bothered by this because it does threaten their power base. And now, you know, the, the thing gets to the next level. And Paul is not looking for a chance, you know, to die. He's, he will accept his death, and he does ultimately. But he is looking to harvest, and uh, he knows there are more towns that need the gospel. This is the first time this town has ever heard the gospel. And many other towns in Asia Minor, what we would call Turkey, Turkey today, uh, are in the exact same situation. So Paul says, all right, we're going to slide out of this town before it gets too much more hostile because now they brought the authorities into it and they're going to make up something and they're going to try to kill us. And so we're going to slide out of town. And so when he goes, the tension you know, goes down, but a church is left behind and leaders are established and the people are able now to continue to grow in their faith. You know, um, there's a time when you have to change your strategies. Compete can't be our only style of, of ministry. Although, I have to say this, compete is the one that moves things ahead in general. You know, when you set your face in a competition, a spiritual war competition, and say, I'm here, I'm here, I'm going to stay here, and I am pushing to do good work, and people may hate it or they may love it, but I'm not moving. And that's a powerful strategy. you got to stay there and push and push and push. But this is the time now for uh, a strategic withdrawal. And Paul switches from compete to avoid conflict. And he just withdraws strategically, and he reallocates all the resources that the, that the apostles have among themselves, and they move to a new setting, Lystra, and Derby. And in our next Thread Podcast, we'll talk about what happened when they moved to Lystra and Derby. Again, mission is conflict against the evil empire. And this is true if it's mission at home or mission abroad. We're change agents and we must be proficient at handling conflict. You know, the scripture says, I have set you as a light. And you look in chapter 13 again, that quotation on verse 47. 
I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be a light for salvation to the ends of the earth. And that's what God has called the church to be. He's calling you to be this and me. So let's get out and do something extraordinary this week and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's all for now. Love to hear from you. Please contact me anytime you want to talk to me. Uh, Chuck at Quinley.com. I would love to hear from you. Uh, Just send me an email. I'll respond to you directly. Don't forget to give us a rating on iTunes, please. That does more to expand the reach of the show than anything else, okay? So give us some love on iTunes, and we'll be back with you next time for more of the Thread Podcast.